0: another Poetry for the People podcast session. I'm getting to like these so much, I think that I'm not looking forward to the end of this semester. Although, if things swing right, maybe we'll figure out a way to keep the podcast going. If not through the summer, then maybe reawakening it in the fall. And I hope that I'll be seeing again the two poets from my Poetry for the People class. We're all students in that class with Tamina Khan. And I'll have each of the two of you introduce yourselves in turn, starting with the gentleman to my right. Hello, uh, my name's Leland Jung, and
1: I'm a student in his class, Poetry for the People. Right now, I'm sort of in between. I'm studying to pass an acupuncture license exam, Mm. but in the meantime, I'm taking classes here, and one of the things I'm doing right now is doing some activism work for Medicare for All.
0: I've noticed you sometimes when I drive onto campus, standing by the side of that that principal drive there with a bunch of your fellow activists, and I think both Scooter and I, who are somewhat older than you, Leland, can (laughs) really appreciate that that effort. In fact, we're going to move on and have Scooter introduce himself.
2: Hi, I'm Scooter Fine. I think I'm here because, well, not only to participate in this podcast, but I believe I'm really here because when I was a young kid, my mother used to let us eat chocolate sandwiches for breakfast. And uh, somehow that formed me to the person I am today. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take more than a single podcast to to get into that. All right. Great to have you guys today. And Leland, tell us all here in the studio and way beyond what connected you with poetry.
1: Well, I'm actually more of a, I have more of a technical background. I worked in software engineering for about 25 years. And then I, I opened a small vegan restaurant selling raw vegan food and at farmers markets and at the restaurant but poetry it's something that I'm taking really for this activism work it's to develop my writing skills so if I do some writing about Medicare for all it would be more interesting
0: that's a very interesting and to my ears kind of a unique connection to poetry and I gather that poem that you may be starting us off with today, has something to do with that activism. Could you give us the title and then go ahead and please share the poem? Oh, sure. The
1: title is World's Best Healthcare. Our healthcare is the best in the world, bar Nun says our leaders. Leaders of the world's wealthiest nation. But what's this? Our health care is ranked worst of all wealthy nations, bar none, says code facts. Over 40,000 die each year due to lack of health care. More than one every 15 minutes. More than all our nation's military casualties from our multiple wars since 9-11 and all the deaths from our mass shootings and domestic terrorism since 9-11 too. 30 other countries have longer life expectancies Cuba's life expectancy is catching up. Chile, Cyprus, Costa Rica, Slovenia all live longer. GoFundMe, GoFundMe. Posters of fathers with cancer asking for money on coffee shop wall. Fathers who worked for decades not knowing the health care cannot protect his wife and two children and himself. YouTube videos of dying children asking for money. Children who thought we have the best health care in the world. Our health care is the most expensive, bar none, says Cold facts twice as much as most other countries, with more than 600,000 medical expense bankruptcies a year, more than one every minute. Our health care system is the world's best, bar none, says America's leaders of the world's wealthiest nation, leaders of a people. work hard and pay taxes, a people of a democracy where they choose the nation's leaders, a nation where 70% of the people want a new single-payer system, Medicare for All, a system like countries with higher-ranking health care systems, France, Italy, Spain, Japan, Norway, Portugal, Monaco, Greece, Iceland, Luxembourg, Netherlands, United Kingdoms, Ireland, Switzerland, Belgium, Colombia, Denmark, and Sweden. A single-payer system where the government is the single-payer, replacing for-profit insurance companies with a Medicare-for-all system. No more GoFundMe posters on coffee shop wall for fathers with cancer. No more YouTube videos for dying children needing money for hospital bills. Replace our for-profit system with Medicare for All.
0: And that's it. right. Scooter, that prompts me back to my 1960s or 70s right on. I just feel like saying right on (laughs) with the the double meaning, differently spelled meaning of right, right on. That's terrific. And part of what it makes me realize is how— a good poem might have something in common with a good speech in that what Leland has produced here has pulse. There's a pulse going that carries the message, and Leland uses lists, and lists are another kind of device, another kind of a pulse that can work real well in in poetry.
2: Yeah, excellent poem. Loved it. It's made me want to read one of my... uh political poems here today also
0: all right now that's before we get back to a nostalgic poem correct <laughs> Scooter's going to lead with a political which is terrific tell us the title of your poem scooter and get on with
2: it all right it's called dragon love god swimming in the lost seas the last island a ring of stone volcanic smoldering oh bearded ginsburg queer saint of poetry If the best minds of your generation were destroyed by madness, how about ours? How about endless lattes while looking at the glorious glowing rectangle? So smooth and sleek how it feels so good in the hand. Hypnotizing mind, corporate love god, all songs sound the same. Artisan everything, cheese, bread, ice cream, madness. King rats sewing, division, stoking fear, nuclear madness, cage children. Intolerance of the other, race, generation, religion, nightmare of climate change, while nothing gets done, nothing. The grand machinery of man, seeking, is it a heavenly connection, or as simple and as hard as the meaning of touching another hand in hand? St. Alan, where are you tonight, gray beard fool? The same, the madness is the same, wearing different clothes, and so I feel, is the beauty.
0: I'm going to do a finger snap to that. That is really terrific, terrific. And very much in the spirit of the class that we are all involved in, Poetry for the People, with both of you guys, it sounds to me like it is poetry for the people and definitely coming from the people. You are both giving voice to matters very much on Our plate's very much at the front of our vision nowadays. Leland, uh, what's your next offering here?
1: The title is My Last Quarter, and it's about a homeless person. I've never been homeless, but this is uh, my take on that situation. My Last Quarter. The clitter clatter sound of My Last Quarter bouncing off the pavement, bouncing and rolling among high-heeled shoes, Long-legged women lift their dresses and feet like calypso dancers, tapping the sidewalk as my last quarter rolls among them. I drop down to the floor on all fours, crawling among their supple limbs. My face grazes their cotton dresses, smelling the scent of freshly laundered clothing. Turning my head, I hear their high-pitched screeching as they run down the street, their arms waving and their floral dresses fluttering. I turn back to my task. Where is that quarter? There it is. It's rolled into a puddle. I reach down to pick it up, but it's too slippery and slimy. I manage to push it with my fingers. I feel the muddy grit going under my nails and dirty mud squishing between my fingers. It's covered in the green, slimy muck. With a dry sleeve, I wipe it clean. It's my last quarter. I drop it in the meter. Five minutes of time. Oh, I see the women are back with a handsome man in blue. When noses pointed indignantly in the air, they point their long, skinny fingers at me. The well-muscled man questions me. I point to the meter and say, five minutes of time, and I sit down in my parking space. Standing between the screeching woman and me, arms crossed, he tells them, I have five minutes of time. As I whisper, it's my last quarter. It's my last quarter, again and again.
0: In what you're reading today and in what we've heard from you in the classroom, Leland, I'm hearing such heart. Plus which, Scooter, I don't know how how that one hit you, but my mind is totally blown by the perspective. There's something almost cinematic In Leland's poem, it's like a low-angle camera shot, which blows my mind, and in the reference to the passersby, there's also something very sensual.
2: I I think poetry should paint a portrait, and not all poetry does, but I I like poetry that does paint a picture so you can also see it in your mind. It's it's sad, but it's also very sweet in the sense Mm -hmm. that You're just feeling empathy for somebody other than yourself, seeing the world in a wider way than just what's right in front of your face. So uh, very nice, very, very nice.
0: Yeah, you two guys are very much alike in uh, that sort of sensibility. What poem are you going to be doing for us next, Scooter?
2: Okay, so what I'm going to do here is um, April, not only was it, National Poetry Month, and we're in May now, but April was National Poetry Month, but it's also National Letter Writing Month. So I have a friend, I sent him a poem. The poem was about his uncle. His uncle is named Tony. He's affectionately known as Uncle Bone. He was a writer. He came up with, in the late 50s and the 60s in Venice, California, there was a writing movement there. They were the Los Angeles beatniks, and Tony wrote his whole life
0: that Venice was, if not still is, sort of a hip part of that. Well, Venice, Venice
2: Venice has an interesting history. I'm not gonna get into it, but Venice in the 50s and 60s was, was basically considered a slum. Ah. And it was a place where you could live very, very cheaply. Now right. Venice is, is a high-end district, and it's a nice <laughs> place, because it's in a nice place by the ocean. Anyway, Tony came up there, and let's read one about Tony. Please. Dream poem, walking on deserted street, Uncle Bone, forgotten beatnik saint, appeared scraggly, beard spotted with gray, drunk and mumbling, I'm a day late and a poem short, believe in something, anything, belief is a flower, so is the moon, sky flower, lick the flower, lick the moon, lick the flower, the moon is a flower to eat, eat the moon, lick the flower, belief is a flower that grew into a moon. Flower of the night, lick me. We will lick each other and pace feathers to an ancient love. Uncle Bone smiled and disappeared into the moonless night.
0: Mm, Nice. And in a sense, that is kind of an homage to uh, an older form of poetry with the, the sensuality and the transcendence, getting across barriers to celebrate things.
2: Yes, yes. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you.
0: Leland, what, uh, what have you got next for us?
1: The next poem is This Old Pen. Well, oftentimes when you write, you get a little writer's block, and this is kind of expresses that frustration. In addition, oftentimes in life, things don't happen. The events that you want to happen doesn't really happen,
0: Ain't and you have to wait truth? on things. Yeah.
1: So uh, that's all I, I can start right now. Please. This old pen. This pen is black and long, with sharp metallic tip, a sharp nib that scratches and tears, but the pen's body is smooth with curves that feels so good when held. Yet I wait, I hesitate, it's difficult. It must be dipped in ink, wet ink that's hard to control and can bleed through the paper. But with practice, it can write with beauty and expression beyond modern pen's abilities. So I wait. I hesitate, and then the pen begins, drawing hesitant markings first, dots, circles, scribbles. Words are written, perhaps initially with hesitancy and uncertainty. But then the same old questions are asked, the same old reasons are given. The words can't stop, it's impossible. Why did it happen? Why can't it stop? I press the pen harder to embolden a word. Then I write with lightness and speed. The words can't wait. They rush out unrestrained. Verbs leapfrogging over nouns. Unwanted nouns interjecting themselves as subjects of sentences desperately trying to answer who, what, where, when, why, and how. Maybe adding or replacing a word can change things, make things more clear, more logical, more convincing. Why can't they understand? It's so simple, like playing in the warm sun, running in the grass. Why can't things be like that? It's so simple, it's so simple. The words can't stop, it's impossible. Why did it happen? Why can't it stop? The same old questions are asked, the same old reasons are given, and I'm done. I gently wash the nib, slowly, carefully wiping it dry. The fear slowly returns, Finding company with desires that will not leave, desires that ask the same old questions and giving the same old reasons.
0: You're passionate, Leland, even when you're talking about something <laughs> not not exactly political, not a manifesto, what you're doing for us is taking us into the writing process itself in a very deep very credible, very empathetic way. And I would have to say I very much like the idea of you describing writing with an actual writing instrument as opposed to what we've all had to get used to sitting at a keyboard. You're talking about the physical act of writing, and I really, really appreciate that. Scooter... You're going to be sharing with us maybe what you were talking about off mic, which was a marvelous coincidence that happened to you, which, by the way, also brought to light a possible historical geographic connection between you and me.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, So I grew up in Sino, California, which back in the day I used to call Insano and Jeff (laughs) here— His first wife was from Encino, and she sure was. And so, uh, and, and yeah, and <laughs> and obviously spent some time in Encino. Oh yeah. So anyway, so the last poem I just read, the dream poem about Uncle Bone, I sent that poem, as I said, to um, Uncle Bone's nephew, and. He sent me in the mail. was ma- a friend of yours. Yeah, he's a friend of mine. Yeah. He's a friend of mine for a long, long time, 40-plus oh. years. All right. Yeah. Anyway, I used to go to Valley Junior College in Los Angeles when I was 20 and 21, and they had a little poetry group there that I joined and. The poetry I wrote then was horrible and awful and derivative and...
0: <laughs> That's only because you're such a good poet now that you're inclined to look back and criticize yourself. Well,
2: the, no, not that. It's, the truth was, back then I was trying to write and I was just starting and I liked poetry, but it was bad. All right. uh, I basically quit writing poetry for the last 40 years. Wow. Uh, you know, 42 years. But anyway, we. Were, you,
0: you mean that you've only recently gotten back to it?
2: I guarantee I have not written a poem in the last twenty-five years. I tried a few poems.
0: Leland, I think that's hard <laughs> for us to believe. It,
2: it, yeah. it, it's absolutely true. But the point, the point is this: is that I always like poetry. And then so I met Tamina at a party, and and she was handing out a little flyer for her class, and my wife encouraged me to go to the class. So Good wife. Yes, good wife. Definitely, Betsy, very sweet. Anyway, uh, I went to the class, and I started writing, and it's been really, really fun. And we are all rewarded by that choice. Thank you, really. I really appreciate that. But I think also— now i don't think about trying to write like somebody else and i just write and it sort of All just right. comes to me i'm not it it's like i'm not even i'm not making this effort like i must write this it must be this it must it just sort of comes to me i i'll take a walk and words will start flowing in my mind i'll come home i'll write it down and and that's what it is but well that
0: may come also somewhat and i can maybe speak to this with the contentment of Being an older man?
2: Yes, possibly. I'm 63, soon to be 64. Anyway, I was in this poetry club at Valley College, and we put out a little book. I have not right. seen this book in probably 40 years, and it came in the mail last night from my friend Mike. I had no idea that he was sending it to me.
0: So this is a little paperback it's a chat book. Co- college chapbook.
2: So I am going to read one of the poems that I wrote then, the one that I consider actually readable. So here we go. It's called Lady. Lady of subtle complexities with pigtails, very Indian-like, silently speaks with eyes, yes, and smiles, whispering flesh games, exploring her gentle, firm, smooth body, slowly holding hands, rubbing foreheads, cheeks gently, kissing soft, warm lips like a first love, it was ours, lady of striking simplicity with long hair, very Indian-like, if we only know and love each other infinitely once, That's a very Cummings line. That's what I mean, derivative. Know and love each other infinitely once. Celebrate that we have at least loved.
0: All right. Terrific. (laughs) A shout out to the ladies of all ages in all times across generations.
2: Now, if I can only remember who this was.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to because whoever she was, she lives in your (laughs) poem. Great. I think we've covered such a variety of subjects of poetry today. You guys have have been magnificent with that. Thank you for coming in. Thanks and a shout out to Tamina Khan, our instructor in Fearless Leader. Fearless Leader in Poetry for the People. We've moved on, as Scooter noted, from Poetry Month, April into May, but uh, with a nod to E.E. Cummings, who I know is one of your poetic heroes, tis springtime, and tis still a great time to write, a great time to listen to a podcast. Shout out to our producer, Nicholas Harder. I hope you're all enjoying this, and the podcast, as you get to it, is giving you an email address. You can get to me via, give us a little bit of feedback. Give us some, uh, some reaction to Scooter and to Leland, our wonderful participating poets today. And listen to our next podcast. Thanks, and keep writing.